0: Hello everybody, and welcome to this very first episode of STCG Talks, a brand new podcast dedicated in bringing you news, views, reviews, and interviews for all things education. I'm your host Jamie. In this very first episode, we talk to Peter Mayhew-Smith Smith, who is the Group Principal and CEO for the South Thames Colleges Group. And please don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on your chosen podcast streaming platform. So enough from me. Let's hear from the main man himself, Peter mayhew Smith. I asked Peter to tell me briefly how he got into further education, and to the point where where he is today.
1: Here's what he had to say. Jamie, we're going back a long way here. Um, (laughs) So when I left university, I I was passionately committed to trying to find a role that answered my values, that I'd really learnt about while I was at university, about working with communities, developing people to their full potential, trying to deliver a a more equal world because I'd seen an awful lot of inequality, I realised. And I I wanted a job that made me sure I was helping to make some sort of a difference. And Mm. I went into community education. So I started out over at Richmond Adult College, actually running home learning schemes for uh, recently arrived people in the UK who didn't speak English, who needed to be welcomed and helped to find their feet in society. And, and work really well, uh, to try, work really hard. I don't know about well, but work really hard to try and deliver those values through a whole set of different community education programs. Mm-hmm. And all the way through my career, I've wanted to try and do more. I've been looking for the things that I can do, how I can stretch myself, what else I can do to add to that, you know, that, that sense of delivering a better world, uh, through my days at work. Mm. And wanted to try, uh, ended up wanting to try and lead a college. I was really curious and really motivated to take that step and to help out with that. So Mm. I applied to be the principal at Kingston College in the good old days when colleges just were colleges uh, and and did their thing in their local community um, Mm. and got that job. Wonderfully got that job at a magnificent college back in two thousand and nine. Started in two thousand and ten, and then everything hit the fan after that. And we've been trying to to rewire and sort out, and shore up, and protect the values of the FE sector ever since. I think it's, mm. uh, it, it's been a really tough run through the years of austerity, and then and then just when we thought it was all getting better somebody thinks up coronavirus and has that one to <laughs> do with. So we've mm. really had a, uh, we've had a great 10 years trying to do this, uh, this particular task. But, you know, the, the, the point for me is going back all those years to the late 80s when I started teaching to say, what have we got to do to make our world a better place for all the people who are disadvantaged, shut out, overlooked, who don't get a fair crack of the whip through their education, who are brilliant people and can do really well if given the the opportunity, the right opportunity. Uh, And that's what I'm committed to us doing. And I, I, I do hope that somebody somewhere sees that happening in our group of colleges.
0: It's a very, very big morale boost for staff members, I think, anyway. Um, personally, it is for me to hear you talk about it so passionately, uh, and it reminds me why, you know, I got into it in the first place as well, which is brilliant. But I suppose you just touched upon the, the massive curveball that's, that was thrown our way. Um, and I suppose this question is, is, is a huge question, really. So how did you find leading uh, a college group, so remotely as well, during COVID-19? Um, what were the challenges? How did you find it initially, you know?
1: Uh God, it's it, it's been so many different things, Jamie. That's a that's a, another, you know, really challenging and tough question because it kind of mm. just goes everywhere that I've been over the past year. Because it's not it's not one thing, it's not a single experience. No. Um and and so uh let me try and capture it a bit. So the first thing to say is at the point when we locked down and, and everybody was dispersed out to their computers at home or or wherever it was they found to be able to do their their work, you you had to let go. You just could not control or measure or count or monitor all the things that were going on in in, uh, people's days in the way in which we're encouraged to in managing uh, education nowadays. It's not great. But, you know, it gives us some way of knowing what's happening and, and making sure that students aren't slipping through the net anywhere or, or we're creating risks to anybody. But you couldn't do – there was no way you could do that from, uh, mm. from you know, your, my basement in my house in Streatham. I couldn't – you can't monitor that. And so there was a a real uh, a real moment, actually, for me when I had to face the fact – That we, and it was a really good moment, actually, it was a lot of learning and a big positive step where we had to say, this is all based on trust. This is based on our belief in everybody's absolute commitment to doing the right thing and delivering all of those values, all of that mission I've just talked about, but in Hmm. ways we hadn't even thought about then. So we had to innovate, and and everybody had to be an innovator to adapt, to think new thoughts, to try new things, to find that confidence to make themselves successful in this situation. And it was all about trust. The the really big Mm -hmm. thing was saying, we trust you to do this. We have to trust you, uh, and we have to encourage and motivate and support and resource you to get out there to make learning happen in whatever way you possibly can. And it was, you know, there's a million different flowers bloomed across the group as people tried new things and experimented and learned about what worked, what didn't work. And Mm -hmm. and what I saw was people throwing their all into it, and it was an inspiration to have that. The, the, The other side of it, though, the really dark side, Jamie, was the... Sense that we suddenly started going into reverse gear on okay. so many, in so many ways, on so many fronts. Because actually, I, I think it highlighted just how much colleges do drive equality, do drive more equal outcomes through bringing students together on site, through through offering equal access to resources to everybody who's attending classes on site and the support that's given to students with disabilities and learning difficulties absolutely helps them to have an equal or a more equal experience than they would otherwise get in life. And yeah. to see that all stripped away, that equality of access, the, the ability of uh, everybody to participate on an equal footing, and to see disadvantage just insinuate itself back into our working days and people shut out without the advantage of uh, an education was was quite it was really traumatic actually to to realize that there was such a a gap opening up not just in our college I think it was a general experience but it was you know it was a really a really shattering thought that that actually we couldn't secure that equality from our uh, our sofas and our studies and bedrooms and kitchen tables or wherever it was we were working from and where we could, it would be a real struggle. Uh, and mm. So to try to keep that up, to try to keep that gap as narrow as possible and to promote the the, uh, the fact that we wanted this to be as equal as we could make it was a was a really difficult one, and we struggled to get that to happen at times, and I yeah. worry that people will have fallen further behind because they are less they're poorer or they're disadvantaged in some way. Mm. So those two things really stuck out as a big part of my experience. Trust and disadvantage were uh, you know the twin poles of of what that was like, living through that that work.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, it was it. It just threw everyone into a complete state of shock. Really, I think mm. uh, you know. I remember, I remember it happening and thinking, right, okay. Um, especially in you know, it, as teachers and in, in the roles, we're all, all in slightly different roles. I'm a teaching and learning coach, so I support teachers yeah. with you know with, with their teaching. Um, and to not be on site and to not have the same kind of um, working day that I would ordinarily have to be stuck at home um and to not have that approach was yeah it was hard to, it's hard it's very difficult to deal with and to adapt and it took me a good week or so to really get my head around how we can make it work how i can make my role still work <laughs> to support um support the teaching staff so so to to hear that you know a similar experience for, for for you as well and obviously on a, on a much larger scale um it's really interesting to hear that. So I suppose, you know, that kind of brings me on to the, to, to the next section, really. Um, we're, as a college group, and, you know, there's lots of colleges around the country that are doing the same thing, and they're moving towards this kind of digital transformation framework or strategy where they're bringing in a lot more resources, um, training, um, the, the, whole, the whole lot encompassing digital. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about how we might be approaching that, um, and and how you see it working for for our college group?
1: Yeah, definitely. That, that's a, a, a another great question, Jamie. So thank you. <laughs> um, the 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 critical thing here, I think, is that we we kind of opened the floodgates a bit when the lockdown happened in March 2020, and just said because we didn't have. A single solution we didn't have an answer other than the things that people could do themselves to innovate and find their own approach to the, the problem that lockdown had served us all up with so we mm. had to support people doing lots of different things and actually making their own decisions finding their own solutions making mistakes getting things wrong and learning their way through uh, what was a, a very very dispersed experience. There was no kind of command and control. Not that I like that anyway, but it really was never going to fly as a as a leadership tactic in a situation hmm. like that. So we had to promote practice. We had to promote that professional development, that that reflective learning that the best teachers do all the time, constantly measuring. Their, the, the way in which their, uh, the effect of their teaching and the progress that their learners are making and, and considering ways of adding to and developing that their, their approaches. Mm. So we just, as I said in the, in the previous answer, we just had to let a million different flowers bloom and say, you'll find the right solution with that attitude, with that approach as part of your professional equipment you'll find that solution. But what we've also learned is that 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 creates, it just disperses things to an extent that it becomes uh, unruly and difficult to uh, engage with on an equal level and difficult for all students to be able to access equally and creates demand for resources on such Mm. such a huge scale in so many different ways that we can't really keep up with it we can't provide everything for everybody uh, just as they want it so the point now is to say we need a framework that governs some of that decision making that uh, points us in the direction of key resources that we can invest in and that will then allow us to teach online support students online deliver services online market successfully, mm. do do all of those digital things securely and safely and without all of the kind of threat and jeopardy that can stalk uh, a lot of online activity. So we now have to re-centralise some of that very dispersed decision-making and create a strategy that sits in the middle and gathers the best of everything everybody did during the the, the lockdown in 2020, and the new lockdown of 2021 so that we've got some kind of ability to say what can we point our investment at what are the right platforms what are the right teaching strategies what are the right um support platforms for us to put our our resources into so mm-hmm. that we have some uh, ability to to group together back together again and point ourselves in a common direction and take some common approaches to these issues. So our framework is designed really to do that, is to set out, well, these are the things we'd like to achieve. We want to put teaching and learning at the heart of this, uh, to focus on the student's experience, to make that equal again. If it has to be online, then we will make that as equitable and as fair as possible so that everybody has access. But also, mm. what does it require of us uh, as leaders and governors? Uh, how do students access support services? Uh, what else do we need to do to, to digitize our college so that the all the values of that college of the group that we're uh, we're part of end up being delivered consistently, whether it's face to face or online or a mix of the two? So mm. we, we have to give ourselves uh, all of that all of those signposts which we've done in our digital framework and are now getting down to implementing that and that will involve a number of different uh, exercises projects uh, test activities to learn about the best practice that uh, we can adopt in this whole in this whole area We're partnering Mm -hmm. up with uh, the Grimsby Institute, an outstanding FE provider in the north of England who have uh, gone down a a very, very well thought through development path and Mm -hmm. from whom we're trying to learn as much as possible. So we'll make our own mistakes, of course we will, but we've got to make sure that we don't repeat mistakes somebody else has made we just make our own mistakes and and take the learning out of those so yeah we're getting great support from grimsby uh and and it's it's flagging a lot of the uh the key thinking and decision making that we will need to do but there's no question about it this is a a major development path for our group one mm. that we need to bring everybody together to be part of otherwise um you know we really are going to not just be left behind by something like a coronavirus, and please, I hope we never have to deal with one of these again. Mm, but actually, yeah. the future will leave us behind, and our students will leave us behind, because we've not adapted to uh, the ways in which they prefer to learn. We've not got that flexibility. So we have to put that in place, and it will be part of everybody's professional equipment to be able to mm. deliver their job online, uh, at the times and in the places that it suits our service users and our students in particular best.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, that's, that's a great point. I think, you know, the point is that we need to now keep up with what's going on, even in primary schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughter's at primary school yeah. and she's, she's she's learning a lot of um a lot of things about digital, you know, development, um, coding, you know, and she's six. Yeah. So we've got to bear in mind that, you know, those six-year-olds are going to be 16 one day and, and coming through our doors. So it's time to, uh, time to kind of catch up. And we are catching up. And it's been a really, really steep learning curve, hasn't it, really, for us as a group. Um, but then I, I also think on a really positive note that the Grimsby thing was um, such a good thing to come across. I, I, I attended a, a conference and I heard Deborah Gray speak. Um, so I just messaged her on LinkedIn, uh, just, I don't I didn't think I'll get anything back from that really, but then obviously from that to now where we are now with Grimsby is incredible. And the sharing of best practice that I saw happen throughout, um, lockdown and beyond through the first lockdown and, and, and beyond has been incredible. I've never seen, I've never experienced best practice being shared like that. I'm not sure if that's because the role I've been in or the teaching role that I've been in, but to see it, you know, nationwide. It really blew my mind, um, and everyone's willing to share, which is one positive I can really see um, coming out of this.
1: Absolutely. You know, th- th- this is a wonderful profession where exactly that kind of approach is is a fundamental part of life. So that generosity, the fundamental goodness of people who've chosen to be a teacher in their life and mm. or to be a student support worker is is just there to see because those values are just true and not not just the narrow part of their working life but also that attitude to supporting other people to succeed to to take joy in other people's success in other people's learning is Mm. a it's a you know it's just a magnificent thing to be part of and and that ability to help others do really well is Mm. uh is just it's it's core to what we do here and to see it play so well in that situation and give us at least a fighting chance of success in a real crisis Mm -hmm. was great was absolutely great so i completely agree with you jamie it's been a you know it's it's a wonderful thing to have and it has it's given us a chance of making this all work
0: yeah definitely um so just to move on Mm -hmm. then from from that we i think a really key thing that stood out to me is to a lot of staff members and i was talking to a few people about this were your daily updates yes. <laughs> i mean <laughs> that is, yeah yeah definitely i i think well, you know, I waited for them to pop through on my <laughs> computer or phone just to see what's been going on. Because that that feeling of, sometimes that feeling of isolation for, for, for staff um, it can be overwhelming, you know. I mean, I'm lucky enough to have, have my family around me, but for some staff members who were on their mm-hmm. own and by themselves for a really difficult time, I think those updates would have been seen as, as you know, as, as a form of, of communication. To, to them, solely to them as well, because you're talking the way you talk and the way you, you write directly to the reader is just fantastic. So, um, was that something you just came up with for the purpose of just communicating information, or did you think it was necessary? We needed something like that to, to to carry the group through.
1: Well, to be honest, it's all again, it's all sorts of things, Jamie. I'm really flattered to think that anybody bothers to read them at all. Um, but uh, it, so it's really great to hear you reflect back to me the uh, the, the impact that those um those those emails may have had i really hope that's true and i i started sending them for all sorts of reasons first uh i wanted to make sure i i felt you know i really felt that i had to do everything i could to bring us together as best as best i possibly could in this job to 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 uh rescue some of that sense of community and of common purpose uh, that I think helps us and drives us and unites us as an organisation. So I had to find a way of trying, at least, just trying to to deliver somewhere a place where we all felt, for a moment, we were we were one and we were doing something of value, something of real meaning. Because, and and, and so I suppose there's a, a little bit of that, in all honesty, that perhaps. Uh therapeutic for me, because actually yeah. i the 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 isolation of working only on a screen and often only mm-hmm. through email is is sometimes hard to endure and you 're left wondering about the point of it and the purpose mm-hmm. and the impact of what you 're doing, and so it felt important just to me to say to everybody or to say to, to nobody, just to say, here we are, we're dealing with this, we're getting on with it, and it, it, it's we're making one small step of progress every day and keeping our our heads up somehow through what's a really disturbing and, and quite, uh, quite atomizing experience where we are so mm-hmm. dispersed. So I just needed to get that out, and, and in this, you know, not just – in this job, but as this person, I needed to say those things and to reach out. Mm. And then what I found is that there were lots of people who also wanted to share, who wanted to put up something they were proud of and, and felt mm. that they'd done something right uh, and found an answer. And uh, and that that was a great feeling. That was just a great feeling to know that one small thing had turned out okay. Um, and so to capture that and share it with everybody and say, keep going. We're in this. We're here together. We're going to get through it, and we will. We will stand together and we'll step forward together, as best we're able to in in this situation. And that's yeah. what that's how it seemed to come together, and and it seemed to answer something that certainly a, a few people, I hope, have found a benefit. But uh, and and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give us the chance to be um, to live those values I've talked about, and to operate as closely in in the community of professionals that I really truly believe we are as a group, and to preserve that through a crisis. Seem very important just really interesting <laughs> to
0: hear from you directly and um, i'm sure people will, will appreciate hearing that as well um so i suppose on, on the same note so your obviously your daily updates were there to keep people updated but also to support um just before we round this off really i think it's really key we touch upon uh, mental health and well-being mm-hmm. um particularly um because of how much it's affected people um the past year year or so um and just to look at what kind of do you have any tips that you managed to, to to get through this? Because everyone has their own coping mechanisms to try and 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 make sense of it. You know, for example, myself, I I, I started running. I never and I, I I didn't run previously, um, but in early morning runs for me were a really good way to clear my head, to get some exercise, um, and just to kind of prepare myself for my day in front of a computer screen. So, did you do anything that kind of helped you through this?
1: Yeah, loads of things actually, Jamie, and and it's really important that um, I, I think the, the right thing to say here is that it's really important you find your own way through, and it's not one yeah. thing probably, but you you need to be an agent in your own well being. It's like your physical health; it it doesn't run itself. You need to be active and and considering what helps you to stay mm. positive, and that. Can be lots of different things for lots of different people. Um, so I've always been a runner. I've, I've run uh, since I was at school. Used to run through the mountains in Tehran as part of our uh, running uh, school running team. Um, uh, amazing experience of that, and I've just loved it always ever since. So yes, I've been running uh, early in the morning, um, like you. So I'm surprised we haven't bumped into each other wherever, wherever it is. We're both. <laughs> Hoofing it round the, the streets of South London or, or wherever. Um but so yes, running, uh but also family time, just just clearing aside all of the work pressures and worries and, and concerns and making sure there was just time to kind of lump onto the sofa with the kids and my wife and uh get ourselves together, just regroup, talk about things, watch a film. And we watched all sorts of weird films during lockdown. Some of which we hated, others we loved. Played lots of games. Um, lots of actually. You no, know, the other thing we really got into cooking and food. Mm. And we ran a family come dine with me, where each week one of us would cook for the others, and we would present a menu, three course menu, shop for it, uh, put it all out there. And then we would we ended up marking each other and giving each other grades <laughs> for our different uh, that's a great idea. We just happened into it, and everybody <laughs> you yeah. my family loves their food anyway and uh, so we got really into that, and had some lovely evenings doing that together, but it was just that that mixture of things um making sure that there was a bit of variety, just changing things mm. around a little bit and making sure you weren't just you know in a complete rut that was grinding you down. So we did, you know, we we, we tried to find a little bit of difference. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we're probably running out of ideas right now, but actually we are all back at work and uh, that's all happening. But it, it it was important not to let the boredom, just the kind of sameness overwhelm mm. you and engulf your your mental health like that. So having that mixture, variety, talking a lot, um, yeah, cooking lots, running movies, mm-hmm. uh, eating lots, lots of, you know, all the, all the things that are there to be enjoyed if you're in a, in a family setting or if you're on your own and you're dealing with things, you know, just, a, just as a single person coping with the loneliness of, of all of that, I think that must be very difficult.
0: Mm, definitely no i, I agree 100 percent. Mm. so um pe- people are probably actually wondering who, who won the come down with me competition who was the who was the ultimate uh, winner? well i
1: lost actually i'm going to confess that oh. straight <laughs> up um yeah, the i i think where i went a little bit wrong was the i did pork belly and i didn't get the crackling quite right so people wow. were disappointed with slightly soggy crackling
0: that's a tricky one, though. Come on, it come is. In. No,
1: it, all, all the lengths I went to, I really pushed that one as hard as I could, but I just couldn't pull it off. But actually, it was my oldest daughter, and I, I'm just trying. Who won? And I'm just trying to remember the menu. I'll have to dig it out. But it, this, this is a year ago we did this, and oh, she okay. absolutely oh, yeah. stormed it with the most beautiful dishes and and really sophisticated, you know, things we never even knew she could cook. <laughs> uh, but she just pulled it out of the bag, and, and there it was, this amazing evening with us all together. Um, oh, brilliant. But, no, she did really well. Uh, but it was very close, I have to say. I I lost by a tiny margin, like half a point or something. So uh, we all came in, I think, with eights, nines, and tens out. Oh, Wow. That's a that's a high scoring come down with me. We might be quite a generous family. I'm not sure. But, you know, but no, there was some beautiful food turned up on that dinner table. It, it, there, there really was. And it was just a nice challenge.
0: Brilliant. So, before we wrap it up, any, any final messages um, for anyone listening? Anything you want to kind of put out there and say? Oh, there's
1: a million things to, to, to say, Jamie. But, the, you know, the critical thing is uh, I think two very important thoughts. One is, Just keep on staying safe. Don't let go because the, the, you know, the virus is still lurking out there somewhere. So we have to stay on this. It's not Mm. going to, it's not, it's not over yet. So we've got to stick to the testing, the hygiene, social distancing, all of those things. I know it's a pain, but I've got Mm. to be really straight with everybody that we're not going to let this thing beat us. And then the second thing is, is work out which way is up. Find the things that, that motivate and inspire and uh keep you going and hang on to those because we'll make it together but it will be really important um it will be really important that we keep you know we all keep this together and we keep facing forward so it's finding the way to do that through all of this uh it really matters
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh Well, thank you so much, Peter, for uh, being our very first guest on the very first episode. So I think um, that will round it off. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, and bye, everybody. Thanks, Jamie.
0: And there we have it, our very first ever episode of STCG Talks, and what a great first guest to have on. Really interesting conversation there. So thank you so much, Peter Mayhew-Smith, for taking the time to come and talk to me. And if you get the chance, please head over to stcgdigital.com That's stcgdigital.com to check out our brand new website. So much cool stuff there. Loads of new content coming. So please take the time to have a look around and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Please tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast and anyone you think who may like it. And don't forget to tune in to episode two of STCG Talks. Until next time,
1: take care and stay safe.